I don't know. Google. Yeah, like when was the first podcast? 1993, the early days of internet radio. Carl Malamud launched Internet Talk Radio, Carl which was the quote-unquote first computer talk show each week interviewing a computer expert. Uh, it was distributed, oh. quote, as audio files that computer users fetch one by one. Um, my source is the history of podcasting Wikipedia. <laughs> now that's a podcast, a podcast about the history of podcasting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Here we are with Cambians, folks. Here we are with Cambians, folks. They're devils, but they're not. They're demons, but they're not. They're not either of those in second edition. <laughs> they're something else, but sometimes they're they're one things and they're another, but they're not tiefling. That's for sure. Except in fifth edition, they're kind of tieflings because this their their history in this is so fucking everywhere. I will have to say, man, their flavor text is just a quote by Baba Yaga. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, Tasha's mother herself gives a good old flavor text for his mic. Uh, I'm so glad I did zero research. This oh, is yeah. going to be just like going to school. Oh god, I just like a one-on-one <laughs> tutoring session. I'm the fucking teacher. I have to give you a lesson on Cambian. And then you have to t- the real quiz is when we get to the third last part of it and you have to tell me what you th- how you can use oh, them. God. I should get my notebook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a lot of notes. <laughs> um yeah, so I the uh, eh eh I have a headache. Lay it on me, Zach. The one-man audience here. I know, this is so weird. <laughs> this is like one-on-one D&D. I've never done it. Um, I like I'm in a Zoom call with my counselor. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Fiendology 101. I'm your teacher today, Zach. And we're going to be talking about the Cambian, the devil that ain't a devil and ain't a demon, but it sometimes is. Uh, that's a good enough intro, I guess. Andy's not here. We're really just uh, freeballing this episode. <laughs> Which, you I'm know, the host. I don't know why I'm acting. <laughs> there is a format. I'm, like, the host, too, so I don't... I'm, like, the one making this go crazy. Like, I'm the one who could sh- makes everything run smoothly anyway. So I don't know why I'm acting like we're not gonna... Do- <laughs> I'm just along for a ride at this point. Yeah, well, it's, it's weird. I haven't done anything live in a week. Well, I've been playing <laughs> D&T. <laughs> where my mind is. Um, Alright, so let's get into this. Uh, hello, and welcome back to Survival Check, your unofficial guide to the 5th edition Monster Manual. Not like always, my name is Zach, and with me today is Shane. Andy Hi. is currently... Traversing the abyss, looking for his long-lost demon daddy. <laughs> and Tevis is not going to be with us for, like, a, a bit now, probably for the rest of the seas. Uh, so he is the demon daddy. he is the demon daddy. <laughs> um, and he wants you all to know that he is deep within Candlekeep, just trying to figure out what the fuck Forgotten Realms lore is. <laughs> That's where he is. That's what he's doing. He's, we sent him on an. Oh, you know what we should do when Tevis gets back? We should make him tell us about forgot the Forgotten Realms. That's his homework. Well, he's not going to be recording with us. <laughs> so uh, I'm putting that on him right now. When Tevis gets back, he's going to tell us all about Forgotten Realms because I refuse to learn about any of it. Mm-hmm. We'll get a nice, another nice little educational podcast. <laughs> Absolutely, and the good—I guess this is topical too. Well, topical to January when we're recording this. Um, 
the new D&D adventure book was announced two days ago, uh, Candlekeep Mysteries, or something Woo! deep into Candlekeep, um, which should be cool, it's a bunch of, like, one-shot adventures, which I mean... More Forgotten Realms, Lord. More Forgotten Realms, at least they're, like, one-shots, I guess, they're, like, 17 one-shots, which can be kind of cool. Kind of cool, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say, have to say, in our Avernus campaign, we did skip Candlekeep because the party <laughs> discussed and they didn't want to just sit through a chapter of lore. So, yeah, Candlekeep. Yeah, that's true. Um, accurate. The option was go to hell or listen to someone talk for the entire session. And I was like, dude, just send me to hell. Yeah, yeah, me. It was pretty much just like, me. we'll experience it. We don't need some nerds in Candlekeep. Telling exactly. us what's going Experience on. Is the best teacher. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta learn by getting thrown <laughs> into the first layer of the nine hells and uh, fighting a hobgoblin with a chainsaw. Totally um, worth it. Absolutely. Um, anyway, I guess. Wow, we're just doing a lot of segues tonight. Uh, talking about the nine hells tonight, we were talking about the Cambian, um, the Cambians, a very strange, fiendish monster. It's really hard to define what a Cambian is. Like, I can't say, like, oh, it's an owl bear, and all owl bears are the same. Cambians are all different in their own way, and uh, let's talk about it. Uh, before before we get into the history and all that kind of stuff and where they come in from real-world origins, uh, have you ever ran or played one? Nope. All right. Well... Which is first section ever. <laughs> yeah, well, actually, you have um, played a game. You have fought one before. You fought two, actually. Um mm-hmm. In the in the Ver- yes in the Avernus campaign, <laughs> uh, like I think it was like one of the first or second session when you guys were actually in Avernus for the first time, you guys were trying to get a flying machine from bandits. You guys came along a long hill, sloped hill. One creature was chasing another. One was a bounty hunter. One was a woman. You guys decided to help Ooh. the woman. Surprise! They're both Cambians. One was a devil. Oh. One was a demon. And you guys did fight one there. Uh, it was a very small encounter. It was an encounter that I actually got off a list from a RPG drive through. So shout out to that. I can't remember the name of it. It's like Advertis Encounters. But uh, yeah, so That's awesome. you did. It was just a really small encounter. Um, devil of Hersing demon. But yeah, that's really the only time I've ever ran a Cambian. And also play. I've never fought one as a player. So yeah, this this episode's gonna go fast. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's talk about real world origins, which we can actually get into some of the little sat- satanic panic stuff tonight. I guess I'm wearing my satanic goat shirt, so it fits. My Santana shirt. <laughs> oh, you know what's weird? Also, okay, so Satanic Goat, Satana, and then this was the sweater I was wearing before I took it off before we recorded. It says, it just literally says Satanic Panic on it. We, 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 this is an audio podcast, but visually we're nailing it. You, if only you guys could see. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's talk about the Cambian. Uh, first, before we get into the D&D lore of this creature, these creatures, uh, I think we need to talk about the real-world origins. So, everyone get in their time machine, press the buttons, beep boop bop boop boop and we're going back to the 13th century. <laughs> I'm talking too much, I need a drink of water. <laughs> the 13th century? The 13th century, yeah, the 13th century. Um... And we need to look specifically at, we have to specifically go to Italy, obviously, in the 13th century, and look at a book called De Universo, which is a Latin history book, and it is the first time 
the incubus and the succubus is introduced into like real world mythology um incubus and succubus both being creatures that seduce humans to have demonic or devilish offspring uh shane do you know which if what gender is an incubus and what gender is a succubus a succubus is a male and an incubus is a female wait a succubus (laughs) is a female and an incubus is a male hell yeah high five yeah. But anyway, yes. Uh, so in the 13th century, we get a book called De Universo. Um, it is a Latin history book. And it is the first real, like, written history of the idea of incubus and succubi by uh, incubi, succubi, um, these demonic creatures um, from hell that would come up, seduce humans, and have demonic offspring with them. They, the incubus and the succubus is very... Very important to a campion, and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, we also, in that book, we are told through... And this is all real-world stuff. <laughs> like, real-world mythology, real-world religion and stuff that people talk about and believed. Um, that, from that, you would get more demons. So, Incubus, Succubus, reproduce, get more demons. So, from the 13th century, we go all the way to 1520, and we get to talk about a book that I wish I owned. A book... That, that honestly, I, I ever since I learned about it, since I was like 18, which is a very long time ago at this point, I've wanted, and it is the Malus Maleficorum. Do you know what that means, Shane? Uh, nope. Oh my god, the Malus Maleficorum, <laughs> like, seriously, side note, is a book that I really want to own. I mean, it's a really shitty book, and we'll get into why, but I would love to have it in my collection. Um, anyway, in 1520, in the Middle Ages, the Malus Maleficorum came out, it was a... Uh, created by the church, um, the Catholic Church, and Malus Maleficorum, Malus Maleficorum stands for Hammer of Witches, or Hammers Against Witches. It is the book that made sorcery illegal back in the Middle Ages. It is the number one book of demonology ever produced by a religious church, and it was used by witch hunters to burn witches that's the really shitty part about the book (laughs) is that it like it was the main reason why a lot of the females just you know got killed because they looked at someone the wrong way because they're like wow they're a witch really shitty stuff but i mean the malice malfocorum the hammer against witches hammer of witches just sounds like like, there has to be like 10 metal bands with that name um (laughs) but anyway let me Oh god, I have, oh fuck, I forgot something. There's something in my notes that says use quote from the Wikipedia. I don't have that <laughs> Wikipedia open right now. <laughs> oh, you guys are really seeing how the sausage are made, is made tonight, because I don't know how much of this I'm going to edit. Um, da, 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 da. There was just uh, play it. Uh, this is DMCA free. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought this was gonna take less time. Yeah, there was. Yeah, we're just. I can't even remember what it was. It was a really good quote. Just pro. This I trust me. It was a really good quote. I wrote this. There's been some uh, technolo- technology problems recently, is why this uh, episode's coming out like four weeks late. Um. So when I did this research, it was like four weeks ago. It was it was a good quote. Just everyone look up Malice Maleficorum. Um, pretty sure last podcast on the le- last podcast on the left does a really good episode on it. Um, but anyway, Malice Maleficorum kind of was the first really 
book of demonology, like first big book of demonology, it created witch hunters, it made sorcery illegal, and it was really the first book to define what a cambion was. A cambion was specifically the demon, the entity created from the offspring of an incubi, succubi, and a human. So that's why that book is important. It also talks about a lot of other demons. Um, this is not the last time we are going to talk about the Malice Maleficorum in this podcast, because when devils and demons come up, I feel like we're going to be talking about it a lot. Um, that makes sense. Anyway, just because the idea of a Cambion is abstract, I, I've, I have come up with some characters in popular culture that are considered Cambions. This is either going to make it more confusing or less confusing. So starting, Hellboy is a Cambion. Because descendant of a human demon. Right. Dante and Virgil from Devil May Cry. Cambians. Merlin. Cambian. Because if you didn't know, Merlin in like Sir Arthur times is actually a mix of human and demons. And then the last one, for all my Teen Titans fans out there, Raven is also considered a Cambian. I don't know if that helped or hurt. It kind of helped me figure out what Cambians are. They are just pretty much humans with demonic ancestry. And I know that's just a tiefling, and we'll get into it. It's not a tiefling until 5th edition, which it is a tiefling. But that's only because Xanathers came out and fucked everything up. Questions? <laughs> I think I got it all. I'm, I guess I was still stuck on the succubus thing. I remember that from South Park. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> All right, let's go forward. Um, uh, so that was the history of it through real life origins. Uh, this um, Cambians have been like in real life mythology, real life lore for a very long time. They're in books of demonology, Malus Maleficorum. Um, they are pretty much, if you remove Cambian, it is pretty much any creature that is a descendant of a demon or a devil mixed with a human. That's a simple term. That is why at the beginning of the episode I said it was kind of like weird to group all Cambians because it really just depends on their lineage. Um, so let's get into D&D. So <clears throat> starting in Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, which is not the OG D&D but the one after it, we have them make an appearance. And some things I really want to hit on in a D&D, their version of the Cambian, is first of all they are demons. This is going to change a lot throughout D&D history. They are going to jump from from demons to 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 Oh my god, I can't say that word. From demons to tenari to devils back to demons back to devils. They jump around all the way till 5th edition. So the first time we see them they are demons. They are also sterile. So, like, Cambians can't reproduce. Like, you still need the Incubus and the Succubi um, mixed with a human to get a Cambian, but Cambians themselves cannot reproduce. Um, they appeared in the Monster Manual, too, so they weren't even in the first Monster Manual for AD&D. They came out of the second one. And <laughs> we also get introduced... To, this is such a weird episode. We get introduced <laughs> to a new magazine. We have talked about Dragon's Magazine quite a bit on this channel. Um, it pops yeah. up a lot. We get learn about this. Guess what this magazine's called? Oh, um, hmm, Dungeons Magazine? <laughs> yep. 
Oh wow, so weird. It's yeah. So we oh, gotta talk wow. about that's really, really not a great title. It is really misleading. Oh no, it is this really yeah. So we have Dragons Magazine, which was the official, which is the co- well official uh, Gary Gygax magazine uh, that ran a lot signed D and D, and we got like a lot of monsters from it and stuff. Uh, but this it's is the totally f- on point title for a magazine yeah. based around the context of what's inside of it. Carry on. And then we get Dungeons Magazine, which is an indie dragon magazine that's a little bit uh grittier and darker and all that fun stuff. I don't want to say X-rated version of Dragons Magazine. So like, okay, so if Dragons Magazine is like Spider-Man, Dungeons Magazine is Spawn. <laughs> okay, I think. Okay. Dragons, PG. Dungeons, PG-13. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah, yes. Um, anyway, let's go forward to second edition. So, we already talked about second edition in the Angels episode, um, specifically with the Satanic Panic and how second edition, really, they removed all, all verbiage and wordage of angels and demons and devils. So... We're going to get into the satanic panic and the change from the demons and devils to the Tanari when we get into the demons and devils section of the book, because we're going to be covering those for a very long time, and I think that's the best time to put out a satanic panic-type episode. Um, Just for those who have not listened to our Angels episode, the satanic panic happened in the mid-80s till pretty much all the way throughout the 90s. Um, It was this thing where... People believed a lot of popular culture was satanic, and that there were satanic cults all around the country killing children and kidnapping stuff. None of this is true. This was all just people freaking out. Um, But it resulted in a lot of some of my favorite pop culture really getting weird in the 90s because of it. Um, So we'll we'll definitely have to do an episode about that. But um, the thing to know about the Satanic Panic and the Cambion is in 2nd edition, they are no longer demons. They are now Tanari. Tanari being the replacements for demons and devils in the 2nd edition. Um, We also get some new lore for them in 2nd edition. We get that they are ugly. Oh, yeah, I know. (laughs) Like the, when I was re- doing research, it's like it was just like they're ugly. I was like, okay, cool. Um, that's like canon, <laughs> <laughs> just innately right. not good looking. Exactly, that's as canon as boys chasing down halflings. They are <laughs> ugly. They are always male. They stand between six and a half feet to seven feet. Um, originally, they came back in Planescape, which was one of the um, settings in a second edition, which introduced all the different planes, all the different, uh, creatures of it. It's pretty much, uh, they use Planescape to also make the angels and demons into Tenari and Celestials just to remove them from, like, real world religions instead of make them, put them more in D&D mythology. Um, we also get one last thing that is important in second edition, and they are not harmed by steel, but they are harmed and vulnerable to iron. I don't know where that comes from or iron? why that's there. Yes, iron. Iron hurts cambians. Steel, not so much. I'm not sure why that is, but that is a thing. I want to know more. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's like something that's based in real world mythology, which, are, like I said, second editions are trying to get away from that, but... 
there has to be some reason that I cannot find that they are harmed by iron but not steel. I don't know if it's because iron is a less pure metal than steel. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, hmm. But I'm not sure. So, then we go into 3rd edition. Nothing really changes except they are no longer ster- sterile in 3rd edition. So, Cambians can have Cambians and other humanoids. Um, then we go to 3.5. And we have Tieflings come to the mix. Tieflings come into the mix in 2nd edition, but they're not really hooked to Cambians until 3.5. Um, and we're actually, to further on, 3rd edition, Not no longer are they sterile, but in 3.5, when they have reproduce, they have Tieflings. Interesting. Yeah. So... I'm, I'm, I can't yeah. wait until we get to 5th edition. <laughs> yeah, just wait. Um, and then, so, 3.5 Tieflings, that's how they're made. Tieflings, it was kind of up in the air before that, but uh, 3.5 Cambians, um, when they have kids, they have Tieflings. 4th edition, uh, they're no longer demons, they're devils now, so get that right. <laughs> <laughs> get your shit together. Get your shit right. They might have been demons for the last four editions, but now they're not. They're devils now, so you better don't don't mess that up. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but they're in 4th edition. They're devils. Um, we also, in 4th edition fashion, we get more Cambians than just the base Cambian. We get a Cambian Hellsword and a Cambian Hellfire Magus, which sounds so cool. And in typical 3rd edition fashion, we get a bunch of cool shit to go with our cool shit. <laughs> yeah, yep. 4th edition and 3rd edition both are so cool at just giving us, hey, be like, hey, that's a cool creature. What if there was five different types of them and they all could do cooler things? It's like, okay, cool. I love it. Um, so then we get in to 5th edition. So, 1st edition, 2nd edition, 1st edition, demons, 2nd edition, Tanari, 3rd edition, Tanari, 3.5 demons, 4th edition, devils, 5th edition, Fuck it, they're whatever you want them to be. <laughs> That's exactly... 5th edition, you can... Cambians are either demons or devils, the DM decides. And not every Cambian is either demon or devil. It depends on their lineage now. Which, honestly, I'm going to agree with 5th edition here. That makes the most sense. Yeah, I, I can get down. Um, Keep it simple, stupid. Exactly. Keep it simple, stupid. Um, the really only thing that 5th edition adds onto the whole Cambian's lore is that they are assholes. <laughs> like... Come on, d and Yeah, so... They're ugly, they're assholes, these guys, they just, I feel like, you know, Wizards of the Coast just, ha- like, hates Cambian. No, really, they do. So, 5th edition, uh, we get that they are dicks, they are assholes, they are not, they're meanies, they're big meanies. Um... So, before we get into the flavor text of 5th edition, we need to talk about the difference between Tiefling and Cambians. Welcome to my TED Talk. So, (laughs) for the longest time, Cambians were created when a human mixed with an Incubus or a Succubus. Boom. Bam. Magic happens. We have a Cambian. Pretty simple. 3.5 edition, we get it when Cambians reproduce with another Cambian or another humanoid, we get Tieflings because in canon, Tieflings as 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 Azamar have either abyssal, infernal, or celestial bloodlines. They're not direct descendants of a demon mixing with a human or anything. Like 
it was like their great-great-grandfather mixed with a demon. And that is how you get a tiefling. That is how you get an Azimar. That is how it is. Fifth edition base is that way. But when Xanathar was released, when they made it so, like, because in Xanathar they added a bunch of new class options, a bunch of new race options, a bunch of new ways to determine a character's backstory, in the tiefling chart... Two of the options are your parents are mix of a human and a demon or a human or a devil. Wizards of the Coast, that is not a tiefling, that is a cambion. <laughs> You're yeah. contradicting yourself here. But in 5th edition now, it is now canon that it, sometimes it's a cambion, sometimes it's a tiefling when you mix a human and a demon or a devil. So... I don't know. You could either be a tiefling or a cambion at this point. It's confusing. Xanathar's messed everything up. It was coherent, now it's not. Um, Basically, if you're mingling with a devil or a demon, you're, you're rolling the fucking dice. Pretty much, at this point. <laughs> like, like all other editions, you were going to be a cambion, but now with Xanathar's, it's either you're going to be a tiefling or a cambion, which I have to go off. Tieflings are always been creatures that weren't direct descendants of demons or devils, but instead of like their heritage was so then i i think that whole i think um that that the table shouldn't be canon just also, because it doesn't make sense with that i mean not only could you have a cambion or a tiefling but it's like you could have like tiefling and then there's like several subsects of of tiefling there's like infernal tiefling and all mm -hmm. these other kinds of tiefling they they really uh added a lot of variable to what happens when you uh mingle with a demon or a devil. Yeah, absolutely. So it kind when of when I think about it that way, it doesn't not make sense. But I don't right. like that they outright contradicted themselves so much. Right, because that's what it is. It's a contradiction. Um, but again, it doesn't really matter because I mean, right. people are gonna play tieflings whatever they want, however they want, which is fine. That's how I advise it. Play your game however the fuck you want. Um, I'm just saying official rules is written. It gets muddy, but I. I it's your home game, play it as you want. And I'm not being sarcastic here. I fully believe, play the game how you are. I mean, I'm playing a cyber, I'm running a cyberpunk D&D campaign right now. Lots of people should, probably would tell me not to do that. So play the game however you want. Um, Let's get into 5th edition flavor text. 5th edition, the 5th edition Cambion. And what else, what else do they really talk about in the monster manual? So. I want you to read the flavor text as if you were Baba Yaga. Oh God. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let me clear my throat real quick. Let me get the baba out of my yaga. Be the baba out of my yaga. Um, alright. They crawl from their mother's wombs to spread corruption throughout the multiverse. What's not to love? Baba Yaga. Um, but I mean, that pretty much is what they are. They crawl from their mother's wombs to spread corruption throughout the multiverse. What's not to love? That Cambians are, like, unlike tieflings, because there's that comparison now, tieflings have free will, can either be good or bad. Cambians are just straight bad. Um, the they're bad to the bone. Um, we get the first sentence, uh, it says a cambion is the offspring of a fiend, usually a succubus or an incubus, which, that is important, usually, so it means that your cambion can come from things other than succubus and incubus, that is directly, that is completely new in 5th edition. And a humanoid, usually a human. So again, all the way throughout history, it's always been succubus, incubus, human. Now you can have... Oh, I'm trying to think. A bone devil and a dwarf. I actually don't want to think about that. 
Um, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> right, now yeah, that I... Yeah. They really open it up there. You, you can mix it up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think about that until I just said that out loud. Yeah, you could really... There's a lot of demons and devils out there. You could really mix it up on a lot of races. Um... We also, it also tells us Campions inherit aspects of both parents, but their horns, leathery wings, and sinewy tails are hallmarks of their other world, worldly patronage, patronage, so, uh, parentage, not patronage, parentage. So, yeah, um, they very much usually look humanoid, but, uh, they also have, look very demonic. Pretty simple. Um, we learn... Yeah, <laughs> they do. <laughs> um, they are—they're pretty much just evil tieflings, but like, like truly evil, much stronger. Truly, it's like tieflings get more of their humanity from their like that side of their. I guess the, okay. If we're going off of fifth edition lore, where they added that thing in Xanathar's, where tieflings could that be be that one way to differ from that? If you were trying to find a way to differ, is Cambians probably get more of their lineage from their demonic or devilish side, while tieflings have more humanity to them. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Also, I imagine, like, a demon and a serial killer will most likely pop out a Cambian. Right. <laughs> versus, yeah, like, wrong. a demon and, I don't know, some, like, average Joe. Probably gonna get a tiefling. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it, too, is, like, intention. Maybe, like, you can even do something with, like, their soul. Like, if a human soul is inherently evil or they're an inherently evil humanoid, uh, you'll get a Cambian from it. If you really want to jump into Cambian tiefling lore. Um, so, yeah. Uh, the next thing we get is Born to be Bad. Cambians grow into ruthless adults whose wickedness and pervasion horrifies even the most devoted portal, mortal parent. Even as a youth, a Cambian identifies its rightful place as an overlord of mortals. It might orchestrate uprising in towns and sittings, cities, gather gangs of humanoids and lesser de devils to serve it. So this is uh, Damien from The Omen. I love it. Yeah, so... I, I'm excited to get... <laughs> yeah absolutely um but like this is the definition of having like the worst child ever um they probably will grow to be a serial killer they they are just inherently evil it's the whole uh hilda folk thing in iceland your kid has been replaced with the devil it's no longer mm -hmm. a human um then we get pawns in the mighty so a cambian force to serve its fiendish parent does so out of admiration and dread, um, but it also expects to, uh, like, rise past its parent eventually. Um, it also says that if Cambians aren't raised in the material plane, but instead of the nine hells, they serve as soldiers, envoys, and personal attendants to greater devils if they are in the abyss because they have demon lineage. A Cambian carries only... Um, as much authority as it can muster through sheer strength and force of will, which I think is important. You kind of get a difference between devils and demons. Uh, Cambians are very interesting in that way because normally when we get a creature, if you are playing them rules as written, playing them straight out of the monster manual, you kind of have a general idea how to play that monster. Cambians are really going to play different depending if you are they have demon lineage or devil lineage. Just because that's how that works. Demons are chaotic, devils are lawful. 
Um, the last part talks about uh, the spawn of Grazat. Um, Grazat, Grez, Grazit, Graz, Graz, Grazit is a demon lord. Um, he is like a demon lord who thinks he's really fancy and he's beautiful. He's kind of like a narcissist. He's he is a narcissist. Um, he actually has sired many Cambians because uh, he's the Zeus of the abyss. He likes yeah, he to gets around. He gets around. Um, it says if they this that Cambian, if you want to like correlate and connect them with Grezit, um, that these Cambians are characterized by charcoal black skin, cloven hooves, six fingered hands, and unearthly beauty. So these Cambians aren't ugly. I'm a Cambian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah. Uh. That's pretty much all the lore we get from the dungeon from the fifth edition book. So let's jump into the stat block. Uh, what's the first thing you see that pops out at you here, Shane? Hmm. Well, it can fucking fly twice as fast as it can walk. Yeah, it can fly real fast. Um, on top of the fact that its AC is pretty pretty outstanding with its uh, scaling with its charisma. Yeah, so that that's really interesting. Is that um. Uh, one of the things that can- makes Cambians different than other monsters in the manual is that uh, its AC includes it. What? It speaks common. That's what makes it different. Than yeah, all it other. speaks common first of all. Yeah, we need to freak out about that. First, it speaks common um, <laughs> because it has uh, human. But I guess like the languages, I, I we I think we need to talk about because um, it, it, I think that can be interesting with the Cambian. Uh, but their armor class is the only creature I'm aware of that scales its AC with its charisma bonus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is because it has a fiendish blessing. It's kind of like a warlock, kind of like how a warlock's base um, stat you want to use is charisma. The Cambian kind of, because it does have fiendish lineage, is almost kind of like a born-to-be warlock. Yeah. Um, also, the AC 19 is pretty damn high. So... I, I looked before we started. There's only been really two creatures, well, three actually, three creatures that have either had 19 or higher, and that has been a Death Tyrant Beholder, which is like 10 CR higher than a Cambion, a Solar, which is 15 CR higher, and then a uh, Planetar, which is also like 10 CR higher. I don't know any CR 5 through like 10 creatures that have an AC of 19. That is very... Right. Is that 19 including the three from its charisma already? Yeah, yeah. I'm guessing it because it has scale mail. So yeah. that would put it at 16. Um, and then the plus three. Um, so even if you like take the scale mail away, it's like even if you catch this thing without armor on, it's going to... Let's see. So it'd be... It'd still be sitting at 15 to 16 AC, which is more than most creatures have still, even without its yeah. scale armor. Uh, this thing is hard to hit, and it has 82 hit points, which is beefy. And it can fly. And it can fly. Feet. 60 feet, exactly. Oh, this thing is... Incredibly strong and yep. dexterous. Yep. So, going off at speed more, it has uh, 30 feet just normal movement, 60 feet flying, so that gives us 90 feet of movement per turn if it uses all of it, uh, which is the equivalent of three characters without dashing. Um, so this thing is going to move fast, it is quick, it is strong, there is not a stat 
on its stat array, that is below plus one. It has yeah. all positive modifiers, plus four in strength. So many resistances. What, okay, I think a more appropriate question at yeah. the beginning of this would have been what doesn't stand out? That is true. Like, what is lackluster about this character? This nothing. <laughs> nothing really. Like the the only thing that stands out to me is something worth like writing off a bit is wisdom. But it's even still a twelve. It's good. It's still a plus one. It, that's why more wise than most creatures. Um, and to like go off that, it has proficiencies in four saving throws. Oh, out of six, uh, strength, con, int, charisma. All are proficient. So, like, spellcasters, what do you do against this thing? Um, and then, talking about its skills, because this thing is a ruler, it is probably going to be mingling with mortals. It has plus six intimidation, plus six deception, plus four perception, plus seven stealth. These things are... It's like the, the longer I look at the stats, like, the further down I read, the more outrageous it becomes. Because yeah. literally the next part of it is its resistances, and it's like as many, if not more, than a raging barbarian. Oh, absolutely. So it I, it pretty much pulls... So th- this is... Okay, this is something I want to bring up about the 5th edition Cambion, that I understand why they didn't it, do it, but I think in the f- further book they should talk about how you can customize a, can- customize a Cambion before. Because cold, fire, lightning, poison, bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing from non-magical attacks, are all resisted. Cold, fire, lightning, and poison are all a mixture of what devils and demons are resistant to. I, I, I need, Let me check this out real quick in the devils and demons, but I'm pretty sure that some fiends are resist, resistant to some specific things and other fiends are resistant to other things, but I think the Cambion just has both of them, if that makes any sense. Okay, so let me pull. So, so devils are resistance to cold. Then let's see what demons. Fire, lightning, poison, blood, piercing, slash. <laughs> uh, demons are resistant to fire and lightning. So, and cold. So. What we get here is the Cambion, even though it can have different lineage from demons and devils, which are vastly different creatures, they still have the combination of demonic and devilish resistance. They still get it from both sides. It makes sense that demons and devils have different resistances because the abyss is pure chaos, so it makes sense that demons have a little bit more resistances there. And it right. makes sense that devils have resistance to cold because of some of the layers of hell are literally frozen tundras. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cambion has all of them. Yeah. Combined. This, this theme continues with like the languages too. Yes. So if we go down from languages, we have abyssal, common, and infernal. What we learned earlier is Cambians have to either be demons or devils. So it doesn't make sense for your Cambian to be able to speak abyssal, common, and infernal, in my opinion. If they're devils, they should speak common and infernal. If they're demonic, they should speak abyssal and common. What I kind of wish 5th edition does is kind of... I know it would be like a lot of extra work for a single creature, but the Cambian would be the perfect, like creature to show like you can adjust things with this so 
like, let's say your demonic Cambion um, would have resistance to fire, lightning, poison, not the cold, speaks abyssal. Um, maybe it has a little bit lower intelligence, but maybe a higher strength. Because that is how you get by in the abyss. And then you can right. kind of flip that with a Cambion that is more devilish, where it might have higher wisdom, higher int, but might not, but might, but might not be as strong physically. Um, if there's not a like Cambion customized guide out there, I might make one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this thing is uh, it's like a prime example for something that you can do. Right. It's almost necessary because of the lore to kind of decide which what kind of Cambion you are running. Right, because... Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, was, I mean, I'm sure just reinforcing what we were saying. Just like, I think it would be wise to have this be a demon Cambion or a devil. Right, exactly. And um, because they would be run differently, too. Um, mm -hmm. A lawful mm -hmm. devilish Cambion would probably be more organized, be more thoughtful, be able to pull rank more. Probably, as I said, some Cambions pull uprisings. The devilish Cambions are probably more likely to do that and have people working for them. Well, a dem demonic Cambion is probably going to be more about strength and causing chaos. Mm -hmm. So I think there should be two Cambions. I think specifically because this is the first edition that says they can be demons or devils, I think they should have done Bad a devilish or demonic Cambion. Yeah, I think... I, I get why they made it that it can be any human and either demon or devil because 5th edition was really about giving people more control of what they could do. Right. But I think in this instance, it just makes the Cambion stat block and the Cambion running one confusing. They, um, although as I'm looking at my monster manual in Roll20 here, there is several different, like, subsects of them. Like, oh, is there? The yeah, it's like, uh, the demonic Cambion of Baphomet, the demonic Cambion of, uh, all of the demon lords, and then they also have Infernal Cambion. Infernal Cambion of uh, Osmodius, Spader, right. all of those as well. They might. But I don't have... think it's exactly what we're talking about. I'm gonna open one up real quick. That sounds. Yeah, give me one second. Let me. That sounds like I didn't look in Mordekainen's for this research. I because... think it is Mordekainen's because that's because... the book that I have. Yeah. So let me go grab it because when we do research on this, I try to keep it as like strictly five E monster manual, just because I know every... sure. other people don't own the like extra stuff and i mean all you really need is the monster manual dmc and player's handbook to play so we um let me let me go get my mordekinds let's see mordekind and stones of foes yeah i mean they are like from what i'm viewing it's like varying types uh like the demonic orcs have like spell casting abilities and stuff Okay, so, yeah, now that I'm looking, they did add that in Mordekainen's. Uh, that's not what we're talking about. But that's not. I, I still don't think that changes anything. So, you guys, as a party as level three characters, were able to take out two vampire spawns. Oh, we would have got wrecked by Cam One Cambion would have wrecked you guys. Yeah. Which, again, the CR rating was messed up. But I think the problem with why the Cambion isn't balanced for CR5 is it's because they combined the demonic heritage with the devilish heritage. I think because they instead of giving it any weaknesses, it's just the best from both sides. 
It's smart right. and strong. It's resistant to things demons are resistant to, but at the same time, resistance to things devils are resistant to. Um, but I guess Mordecai does give you more options. But again, we're talking about the strict five E monster manual. Not everyone buys all the extra right. stuff. Think when it comes to five E, strictly, the Cambion mm-hmm. might maybe be maybe the first OP monster we've run into in terms of CR rating. If you're right. playing like by the CR charts, um, but I I think they may have tried to balance that later. Yeah, it, it seems, I mean, now that I think about it, now that they do have an entire, like, page dedicated to them in Mordekainen's, I feel like they either knew that they were going to have to do that later on, or maybe people also had the same kind of complaints as we do, revelations. Um, so I guess the takeaway from this entire segment we've been talking about is, if you're playing a Cambion in your game, if you have a Cambion and you want to use a Cambion as a villain, because honestly, they would make great villains, especially lower lower tier villains. Um, mm-hmm. Like the big bad for like a lower CR level. Um, you really have to take your time and figure out if it is a demonic or devilish Cambion, because that will help you inform how you are going to play it. I agree. Because it just doesn't make sense as rules as written, as Loris is written, for it to speak Abyssal, Common, and Infernal. Really only makes sense for it to speak two of those. And yeah, so let's keep going. So Fiendish Blessing we talked about. Charisma. God, burping. Fiendish uh, Blessing we talked about. Their AC gets an additional Charisma bonus. Uh, that feels very warlocky, which is fine. Um, they have Spell Casting. Um, they have Alter Self. Command, detect magic, and plane shell- shift, but only on themselves. Um, none of those spells are really super, super amazing. Um, like, you're not going to have to worry about, like, turning a corner and the Cambion fireballing your t- party. Um, Alter Self can be used, how I kind of took it, is it can be used as a way to disguise themselves if they want, because Alter Self can kind of do that. And, um... It is strange that they have command here, because they also have Fiendish Charm, which is a little bit of a better command than they got. Any thoughts on the magic they have? Uh, I think it all kind of has its place. Right. Where it is. Like, none of it is too, like, out there or wild. It's all stuff that I sense. I, I like that they can plane shift. Yeah. So that uh, they, they can interact with mortals in the material plane if they wanted to. Absolutely, and they can go back and forth, which, yeah, honestly, I agree. Every spell they have makes sense. Detect magic, they are extra planar beings, so they should be able to detect arcane magic. Um, command, these things, as we can see, are assholes. They want to control and lead. They believe they are better than mortals, so command just makes sense. Alter self so they can disguise, plane shift so they can go back and forth between the nine hells or the abyss as they please. Um, then we get into their attacks, their actions. So they have multi-attack. Wrecked us. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad we fought vampires. <sighs> yeah. Um, so if we start talking about their multi-attack, they have two of them. So you can either, on your turn, turn make two melee attacks, which is a spear. There's a plus seven to hit. Um, not only is it just a regular spear, but it also does an extra d6 of fire and has a plus four modifier to the hits. So... Uh, that hurts. You take two of those hits, you're pretty much taking uh, 
2d6 plus 8 plus another 2d6. Damage, if all, if both of them hit, it is a plus 7 to hit, so that is kind of high to hit. So you're probably going to get hit. Um, and then, even stronger, they have a ranged spell attack, which they can shoot two of, which is a fire ray, plus 7 to hit, 3d6. You get hit by two of those, that is 66 damage. That hurts. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're strong. They're uh, it, strong. It's a little bit less of a fireball. It's 2d6 less of, uh, of a fireball if you hit by the fire ray twice. Um, <laughs> Insert clip from um, two minutes ago. You don't have to worry about them fireballing you. Right, well, it's, almost. Almost, and it's just directly <laughs> at one person. It's not late. Um, and then the last thing is Fiendish Charm, which I think is interesting specifically that um first of all it's like a stronger command so it reads one humanoid the cambion can see within 30 feet of it must succeed on a dc 14 wisdom saving throw it's kind of high not too bad sounds about right actually um or magically be charged charmed for one day the charmed target obeys the cambion's spoken command if the target suffers any harm from the cambion or another creature or receives a suicidal command from the cambion the target can repeat the saving throw ending the effect on itself uh, ending the effect on itself on a success, if it succeeds um, it, for the next 24 hours, it cannot be charmed by this again. I want to talk about the part that says, if it is issued a suicidal command, it must make a saving throw. Which makes sense. It, it doesn't have to make the saving throw. Right. And the thing is... It doesn't say that it can't issue us a suicidal command and the character can't go through with it. Yeah. If you it fail it... The target can repeat the saving throw. It doesn't have to. Right. And along with that, if it fails, it has to do the suicidal command. Let me look real quick. I did some, I looked at this before, but I just want to double check. I'm pretty sure with, like, command and stuff, like, you cannot issue self-harming things um what is it command and what is the other shit i mean it is written in there as if it's the spell command too yeah so command uh like you can do approach drop the gravel oh suggestion is the one i'm thinking of so command obviously it's better than command because command is only single like you can say halts all that fun stuff um so, okay, so Suggestion is a level 2 spell, and it reads specifically, asking the creature to stab itself, throw itself onto a spear, emulate itself, or do any other obviously harmful act ends the spell. The fiendish charm of a Cambion can issue you to emulate yourself, and you better make that saving throw or you are doing it. For sure. 100%. Yeah. So that's what makes this stronger than command and suggestion. Because Ooh, those... Make your barbarian walk off a cliff. Yeah. Or stab themselves with a sword. Or fireball wow. themselves and their teammates. Yeah. Uh, these things, like I said, the further down the stat block I read, like the more ridiculous they are. Yeah, like normal spells like suggestion and command, enchantment spells, you cannot use them to make the person under the spell hurt themselves, but Cambians can, 
which is twisted and demonic and devilish, which makes sense they have it. But man, if a Cambion hits your wizard who isn't that wise, tells him to fireball yourself and your party. Okay, I said you can't fire get fireballed by a Cambion. That you can in other ways, I guess. That That's rough. When I read that, because it also, you know it purposely says the suicidal command on here so that people know about it. Like, it's right. written there for that reason. Yeah, they, they made sure that you knew this is a thing you can do with this monster. <laughs> right, that's the only reason it's in there, is to be like, hey, um, we know that your, the other spells that we have like that, um, you can't make characters hurt themselves. Cambians can. They just have to make another saving throw and hopefully pass a DC 14 wisdom saving throw, which uh, CR5, you're probably going at them between levels 3 and 8, depending on how big of a bad they are. Um, you probably have a plus two, plus three proficiency. If that wisdom is not really the most used stat, so you're probably not going to have that high. DC 14 is pretty hard to hit with some classes. Uh, your fighter and barbarian probably don't have it. Your wizard is going to be right where my mind went. If this is a thoughtful Cambion at all, it's going to mm-hmm. have that barbarian walk off a cliff. Like 100%. yeah, absolutely. Get him out of the fight. Wait, I just I need to see something about an Aboleth. Real one second. I I just had a thought. These Aboleths can, can control Aboleth. stuff. Yeah. No, the Aboleth can. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, that makes sense. With its yeah, because it's enslaved. Yeah. But uh, still pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and to say like I think this is one of the stronger creatures we've run into. Maybe the strongest for its CR rating. Um, you guys fought some vampire spawns in my D&D campaign. Um, you fought glad. two of them. And if I would have done the CR rating, well, I mean, the vampires were more flavorful than anything. I didn't think you guys were just going to fight them either. Right there, the vampire spawns. <laughs> but, like, if they were, like, a secret colony of Cambians, <laughs> like, that would have been a TPK. 100%. 100%. TPK. Same CR rating, same everything. Um, yeah, do you have anything else to say about the stat block, other than it is nutty for this low of CR? <laughs> that, honestly, is a pretty solid sum-up for my thoughts of after having read through the entire thing. I wasn't kidding when I said the longer I read it, the more ridiculous it got. I think it's pretty nutty is, is a perfect sum-up of <laughs> this outstandingly strong CR5 monster. It literally does not have a weakness narcissism but even that it's still wise and intelligent i think you kind of nailed it right on the head when you had said earlier that a tiefling seems to maintain most of its humanity from its parents because Mm -hmm. this fucking thing has like not an ounce of humanity no and as you scroll through its stat block like that becomes pretty clear it has you know two different ways to control people and it can make them terrible thing to themselves and it hits like a truck and it's super it really does and it can has incredible and crazy movement um so let's move on to the last part of the show i I said this was gonna be quick because it's two of us but of course it's gonna be one of our longer episodes like always every time i jinx us (laughs) by saying this one's gonna be short and ends up being the longest one um so let's talk about let's do the last part of our show for anyone new here the last part of our show we talk about how we would use these creatures in our own games we do that by um going through the three pillars of D, which is uh exploration combat and f- fuck what's the third one 
Social. Social, thank you. God, you can tell we haven't done this in like <laughs> three weeks because of the holidays and stuff that I forgot. So yeah, social exploration, combat, thank you for reminding me. And yeah, let's start in social. How would you use these guys as like quest givers? How would how would you I run would, them if your party ran into them? I was gonna say exactly that. Like as a quest giver. I love oh, yeah. the idea of just like a very shysty Cambian that is obviously uh, far smarter and more manipulative than your adventuring party. And it offers them up something that's clearly too good to be true. And, uh, you know, sends them unwittingly to go stir some shit up. Oh, definitely. I, I love, like, the... Just the idea of, like, the, uh, the twisted quest giver. Like, the quests that always seem great, but they always end poorly. Um, to the point where eventually you probably want to fight your quest giver. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Especially because they've altered self, too. They don't even have to reveal that they're a Cambian. They can make themselves look like a tiefling. Yeah, and it's not a stretch that they would be in the material plane with their plane shift, just kind of, like, doing stuff. I imagine that, yeah. you know, Avernus probably fucking sucks. Right, because so... it says they're soldiers, <laughs> there, but they're rulers in the material plane. Right, so if you're a Cambian and you're just like, done with Avernus, done with the Hells, or whatever. You can just yeah. be like, yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I think I'll go spend some time in the Material Plane, like, doing whatever they do there, and you could just spend as much time as you want finding silly adventuring parties and giving them quests and yeah, doing uh, all kinds of stuff. I, ruling a city. Like, I, I like the idea of, like, a Cambion in charge. Like, the altar self is kind of perfect. Like, a Cambion that's managed to, like, manipulate its way to the top of a small village or something like that. I love it. Absolutely. Are they are. They are. Um, for socially how I would use them too, is not too far off from what you would say. I think they um, definitely would be here manipulating things. I think uh, really depending again, if they're devilish or demonic, if they're devilish, they probably are like running a thieves guild or maybe like some type of gang like that. And if your party is more on the evil side or more falling into trouble with, the gangs, maybe they run into a Cambian uh, mob boss that uh, orders them around because they are uh, hierarchical. Yeah, words. Um, they like to be on top is what I'm trying to say. Um, <laughs> but they they like to take charge. Um, I, I Kind of taking something from uh, the, the encounter I ran in Avernus, the one that um, came from uh, like a preset of Avernus... Uh, encounters was I like the ideas of a demon Cambian against a devilish Cambian and you could even do it as socially like that is there's two factions fighting maybe it seems like just gang warfare mob warfare in the streets of some urban city and uh, you find out eventually that it's two Cambians trying to fight for dominance um that's a cool thing you can do um they uh, they're charismatic they could be sibling I mean yeah they could be. A demon and a devil, like, just happen to fall in love with the same, same person. Oh, we have a love triangle. Ooh, that would be a good love. <laughs> be a... Yes, I like that a lot, actually. Um, Sorry, carry on. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, they're charismatic. So, um, if they find themselves in a fight that they can't win, they're going to try to talk them way out, their way out of it. Um, and they can do it pretty damn good. Especially if they're uh, on the side of devils, like maybe they have connects and can get you a good deal. Absolutely. I mean, even with that, now that I'm thinking about it, like 
because Cambians do work for greater devils, they would make, like, a good strongman trying to get the souls for the devils. Mm-hmm. Like, you have an imp come in, the imp can't get the job done trying to sell a party on this trade-off. A Cambian comes in, much more charismatic, much stronger, much more terrifying of a creature. Um, yeah. So, let's go into exploration. So, how would we, where, honest, where could we see Cambians at? Where could they pop up? I mean, inherently the Nine Hells, but I mean, with the plane shift, I suppose a Cambian with the will and the motivation could be anywhere. Yeah. Like, they could be hanging out in the material plane, they could be hanging out in, um, what, oh, ah, the name escapes me. It's where, I think it's where we ended the pirate campaign, the plane of planes, like the big Sigil. ring. Sigil. Like, that would be, if you know, if you're a Cambian and, like I said, you're just over it, like, go to Sigil. And how cool would it be to go to Sigil? Yeah. And I mean, Sigil encounter a Cambian and a Furbolg and all these other things just all kind of, like, Having, I'm picturing like the dogs playing poker painting, but <laughs> with like maybe like different pe- different entities from the nine hells, like a Cambian, a pit fiend, a, a demon, something, just like all kind of hanging out, putting their differences aside for the sake of euchre. I mean, now that you say it, Sigil <laughs> is just like the equivalent of like the the dogs playing poker, like uh, the painting True. that is just Sigil is that True. painting? The painting is. <laughs> Um, yeah, but absolutely. Of course, my mind instantaneously because it's where, you know, probably nine out of every ten adventures start and end up is the material plane. And I think that yeah. as far as terrain is concerned, um, something I talk about every every podcast, like I really think Cambians, like you could actually just plug anywhere because they don't absolutely. give a shit. They're resistant to cold, you know, they're resistant to fire and lightning. Like you could have them on a mountaintop in a huge storm. You could have them in a swamp have them in a jungle or the desert or wherever and i I love the idea of them having that hierarchical mindset and being real pretentious and and uh um narcissistic and just kind of like lording over people wherever they go and they can actually do that like anywhere and they have the personality and the stats to back it up yeah I, i completely agree um just to add on to that i think uh Cambians are more likely going to be seen with groups in group or places where people are living. Um, I don't like you can definitely have Cambians that like are kind of by themselves in the forest. But I feel like if a Cambian is in the forest, maybe they have a cult. Oh, I that completely leading. agree. That that's yeah. sort of where my head was at. Like wherever they are, they're dominating the scene with. Yep. Whoever and, they're around, and even if the others don't know they're a Cambian, I mean they have the cares charisma. They have the stats and the abilities in their kit to be leaders uh, even as evil as they are i think uh honestly they can be anywhere and i think it would be really interesting to have a cambian be a cult leader somewhere uh, yeah. and not even have them the cultists know that he's a cult leader um it could be yeah. um it's, it's interesting how like some of the things that i've done this with like where i've tried to plug them into different environments um yeah. there are some things that you might have to change like the, the boule, for instance, it's you don't have to change much, but it has to like kind of fit into the environment. Right. You know, you cover it in moss in the jungle or whatever. The Cambian, like you said, it is in its kit <laughs> that it can just do these things. I, as Absolutely. the DM, don't have to alter 
anything about it. Nope. Like if I want it to be a jungle cult, I he just alters himself to be that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah. written right in the cards. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, I think honestly I'm completely with you. It can be anywhere. Um, I think you're more, uh, in my opinion, um, I think they will most likely be in cities or towns, places with people. Why wouldn't they be? They're better at being with people than like, not right. being by themselves. They, no, yeah, I, I, it I is in their lore that they like it. Um, but honestly, you can put them anywhere because all you have to do is have a humanoid parent anywhere, which are anywhere, anywhere their civilization they can be. Right. Um... So let's get to, we kind of already talked about combat, but let's talk about combat a little bit. Um, I think this really depends if they are a devil or a demon. If they are a devil cambion, I feel like you're going to have to fight a bunch of minions and henchmen and all that kind of stuff. They don't really give a shit if they're the ones fighting the party. They probably have bigger goals, bigger things they're working on. So they'll probably send waves after waves at people to fight. And then if they need to fight, they're probably going to use flying and fire ray. <laughs> Mm-hmm. they're not going to be the honorable fight here or trying to prove their strength, the devilish Cambians. They're just going to be here to be like, no, fuck you, I'm trying to take over the world. You're yeah, annoying me. other things to do. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to fly 60 feet in the air. Your barbarian can't hit me now. Fire blast, fire blast, fire blast, yep. fire blast. There's no you basically honor. Took, you basically took the thoughts right out of my head. Yeah. Um, that um, side of things. I'm sure you're about to take the thoughts out of my head with yeah. the demon one Yeah, if it's well. a demon one, the demon's going to be fighting the party. The demon cambion is going to be like, you motherfuckers, I'm trying to do stuff here, and you're coming right. at me. You know what? You've just made an enemy. I'm going to kick all of your asses and do it over and over again. I'm going to make your life pure chaos. Yeah. And um, a devil cambion might, like, sacrifice its minions, but, like... A devil cambion might like not care if it stabs like does that like die hard five thing where like Bruce Willis shoots through himself like a cambion would stab its spear through a minion to hit the barbarian on the other side if it was demonic. <laughs> yeah, I, I can agree with that. Um, um, I guess there is one slight advantage that I'm now noticing. Correct me if I'm wrong. Let's say you're some kind of demonologist. And you yes. find yourself in combat with a Cambion. Perhaps Samtar is battling a Cambion. Yes. At least fighting a Cambion knowingly, you can assure that if you win the fight, um, this thing isn't going to just uh, like respawn in the Nine Hells. That is true. And that teach is true. you out later. That is, like, it is kind of done. That is something very interesting you brought up there. I didn't think about that. So, for those who don't know... That devils specifically, I think it's the same with de- demons, if devils die in the material plane or any other planes, they respawn back in the Nine Hells. If they're killed in the Nine Hells, they're dead for good, which they're fighting wars in the Nine Hells, so it's weird. Why don't they fight war? I mean, that's the whole blood war. The blood war, they're trying to fight other places, but they keep um, getting... Because the Cambion is only half-fiend. I don't know if it gets killed in the material plane, if it respawns back in the Nine Hells. That might be something as you as the DM will have to decide if you want a reoccurring villain. Or if you, like you say, Santar was a bard I played who was a demonologist. If he was fighting a Cambion and knew they didn't respawn, then he, that would be a good fight to take. Yeah, he could rest easy knowing that if they win, he's not going to get chased. Um, although... 
yeah, you, I guess you could make that decision, mm-hmm. right? Like you could just say, I want a reoccurring villain and have him respawn. But I mean, I'm not seeing it in the... Right, that's the, the thing. They don't talk Master about Manual. it. It doesn't seem like they. it's written that they would come back. So that that yeah. is kind of interesting. That is. And I didn't, until you said something, I didn't even think about that. Um, <laughs> so I guess uh, rules is written. They're dead, they're dead, they're dead, dead. <laughs> if you want to make them an interesting yeah. reoccurring villain, which I always like reoccurring villains. Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah, uh, I think I think you're absolutely spot on with the combat. Devils are devilish, and demons are hulkish. <laughs> exactly. That's that's how I always remember it. Demons are smooth talkers. Demons are gonna punch you in the face. Um, you just said demons twice. Demons and demons. I don't know. Devils. You know what I mean. <laughs> Devils will smooth tongue demon punch. You know. Um, and then their Phoenix Charm is probably the last thing I want to talk about combat. They will probably it, like they will have to choose. Spear, fire, ray, or Phoenix Charm. But if you're flying 60 feet in the air... <laughs> how far do you have to be? Yeah. Oh, you have to be 30 feet. Okay, so that's kind of a weakness. You have to be 30 feet to use Phoenix Charm, but, like, not really. You could fly yeah, 30 I mean, feet down and fly 30 back up. <laughs> so it only has to... <laughs> it only has to be 30 feet away from it to cast the spell. Yeah. Then it's active for a day, so, like... Okay, also, you're 30 feet away, you cast the spell, and then you fly 60 feet in the air. Something uh, I just noticed about all the command and suggestion spells. Oh, wait, let me just read these real quick. I, I might have just come someone upon something. Boy, this has just been an episode full of revelation. We've been sussing out typos and uh, uh, contradictions and Learning new things. This is okay, so this is interesting. I just realized this with the Phoenix Charm. Phoenix Charm says one humanoid that can be and can see. It says nothing about hearing. Command says you speak a one-word command to a creature you can see within oh, range. Boy. Suggestion. Oh, boy. You suggest a course of activity and magically influence a creature you can see within range that can hear and understand you. Ooh. Why are those three different? <laughs> Yikes! Because they all serve different purposes for different. I guess entities, so. Right? I, well, Man, my brain just exploded. Right, like a rogue Cambian that's just like hiding in a tree. So I I was under the assumption that uh the fiendish charm like the Cambian would have to like use its silver tongue to make you do shit. It can just peek its head in a window, cast mm-hmm. some magic at you, and make you do crazy shit. Which I yeah. guess uh, command can do that also. I thought command you had to be heard. I guess I was wrong because it says you utter a word. I don't. That's weird. But suggestion you have mm-hmm. to actually hear them and they have to understand the language. Okay. So interesting. Google this fiendish charm just gets worse every time. Yeah, we more because about it. <laughs> you can like you can have a cambion that is demonic who just wants to cause chaos, walks past a wizard, doesn't say anything, turns around and just says, you know, it'd be pretty cool if you just blew up the town square right now. And boom, done. Boom, done. Exactly. Boom, done. Um, which could be a good mystery too. All right, let's talk about how we'd use them in our games. How we turn them and change them and make things are new for our games. How we'd use them. Um, hit me with it. Okay. Um. So I just I <laughs> you mentioned Damien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just love the idea of like combining Damien and like. Just the imagery of, like, little kid Hellboy. 
Yeah. But instead of growing up to be a hero, like, as soon as he realizes that he can fucking shoot fire from his hands and is incredibly strong, but only, like, six years old, just starts going on a tear. And, uh, you know, in Indiana Jones, (laughs) the kid rules everything. Yes. Like, I I love the idea of this Cambion just starting with his parents and being like, I I just had a revelation. Like, I'm basically a fucking god here. Pretty much. And he's on the material plane, and he's like, I'm six, I want ice cream. (laughs) And mom's like, no ice cream. And he's like, bye, mom, boosh! And just, like, blows her out the window, moves through town, and, of course, like, this is just a small, maybe, like, a small town. And, uh, they, they can't handle him. He's just a kid, but they can't handle him. Everybody that comes at him just gets, like, turned to cinder, or, uh, like commanded to to hurt each other or themselves and then next thing you know he's he's the jarl of of this area and he's six and they they nurture him into being like a strong man and mm-hmm. then uh, eventually like your adventuring party would stumble upon this town and either i guess you could decide do you want him to be like the kid that runs the city and you have to Stop him, or you just Make go a with it. Make terrible decision, or are, is he like the grown ass man Jarl that is like a demon raised by a bunch of fearful peasants Absolutely. that have just been like overfeeding him? <laughs> so he's the corn fed meathead. Absolutely, I uh, um, yeah, yeah. I, I just love the idea of these things like completely taking control of an area, similar to uh, an Abolith or Ubalex mm-hmm. or something like that, where. But instead of using their mind brain waves, they just use their fear tactics and strength. I mean, they're. You, I think you said earlier something about uh, them them being better than humans, and I was just yeah. gonna announce like they are. <laughs> like, well, they are. They just are outright better than humans, and I think that they would know that. Oh well, it says in their flavor text that they do know that they they believe it, so they know they are I'm, better. I guess in my mind, for this example, it's like a, a Cambian born of like a human female, maybe without yeah. father influence. So she's just like, "Oh, I have this baby. It's weird, but it's just a right. baby." So she like raises him to think he's just like a normal human boy, but really, like he knows. Eventually, he has this revelation. Maybe he has a dream, and there's like a sign from Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he just knows now. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, we, you kind of see that in uh, good, good Omens kind of has something like that in it. Um, but also the Omen kind of also like that. There's like a lot. That's kind of like a trope that you can definitely. A little bit, choose. but I kind of love it for this. No, it's a good, it's perfect. Creature. It's like the creature is that trope, that trope of a demon <sighs> devil impregnates uh, some woman or some person at like midnight in under a full moon Mm -hmm. like we get so many horror movies that are just that so many tropes that are just that it's which i now i think about it it's just like the opposite of the jesus story if you're christian so i don't know (laughs) if that's where that comes from like (laughs) i feel like that has to be where that trope comes from i don't know um but i i do i think that's probably how i would immediately go to use it mm -hmm. i just don't know in the timeline where I would enjoy putting my party more, you know, would I want right. them to encounter like a young lad or would I want them to encounter like a grown boy? I think it might be even cooler if you had like a long standing party or a way to manipulate time throughout your campaign to where like you met him early on 
and he was a young lad. Yeah, if you're doing like a long, you, yeah. Maybe you had like a, either a really good encounter with him or a really bad encounter with him, and then like 15 years pass by, and now that young lad's grown to be like a big stocky uh, adult, <laughs> and you encounter him again. To go off that, we don't really know how Cambian's age. It doesn't say anything like True. that. That you That's could, if you wanted to, even like shorten the time span, like one month, it's a kid. The next one, it's a teen. The third one, it's an adult somehow. Um, yeah. That's a good way to like shorten that. Half um, the party was just like staying in a town, and they didn't know who the leader was. Mm-hmm. And it was always just this kid that was like growing incrementally, exponentially faster. Yeah. Oh, Sorry. Um, Carry on. I think it's your turn. I've been talking. Yeah. A lot no, you're about talking. Of so now, um, there's two things. So first of all, I always love something that defies sense alignment. So I mean, when I, in the very beginning of this episode, which has been very long at this point, um, <laughs> I talked you. about the examples of the Cambians, um, that in pop culture, which we have Raven and, uh, Hellboy and Dante from Devil May Cry and Merlin and stuff. These are all creatures that do have demonic energy in them, but they be, do become anti-heroes or heroes in their own right. I think it would be cool to have a Cambian witch hunter, kind of going back to the Malleus Malfoyum. Um, Van Helsing a, or something. Exactly, because isn't Van Helsing like part witch or something? I don't know. There's been a lot of he, Van Helsing. He's a vampire hunter, but I think he was, I, he was like a vampiric lit, Right. Like, that is a trope. Like, Blade is half vampire who wants vampires. Yeah. That is a trope. A Cambion is half demon would make a really interesting and cool demon hunter or devil hunter. Is that what Ripper is? <laughs> Well, he wouldn't be missing all those shots if he was a cameo. <laughs> For everyone who don't know, Ripper is an NPC with uh, Shane's party right now, who uh, oh, no. last few encounters has not been ending his shots. Um, None of us have, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, is, it would be the, this cool thing that, um, like, the number one demon, demonologist, devil hunter in the city you have to go find is a Cambian. Um, who has renounced maybe his demon or devil side, but I mean, who knows the enemy better than the enemy himself? So that that'd be a cool quest giver, cool NPC you wanted to throw in there. I mean, it would be your kind of generic Van Helsing blade. Mm-hmm. He would Hellboy. have a relationship with tieflings, I bet. Yeah, because especially like if a Cambian that's embraced his humanity, but a tiefling is like already innate. Right. Oh, that would be a cool story because that's kind of what we've that's kind of like what we've put in out there, which I think is still probably correct. Is like Cambians are the have their lineage is more devilish. Well, tiefling is that they might be jealous of tieflings because tieflings were born able to do free will. A Cambian would have to overcome. That'd be a really strong character, though, dude. Seriously, yeah. a Cambion would have to go through so much adversary to to get to that point. Yeah, it really would. And to think about it, if you wanted to play a player character that was a Cambion, you could, if you talk to your DM about it, use the Tiefling stat block, but just have your backstory be like, maybe you were this evil Cambion, but because you renounced your demon side or found a way to lesser it, that you are still a Cambion, but you have more of the abilities of a Tiefling, just so you wouldn't be overpowered. No DM let anyone mm-hmm. play a Cambion in your campaign. <laughs> Don't let them play a base Cambion. Right. But it, it would be a good way to translate a Cambion to a Tiefling, um, but still yeah. be called a Cambion. Um, 
Uh, the second one was now that I know that Phoenix Charm doesn't have to be heard. Uh, the party goes to a town. There has been a serial killer on the loose. People keep dying. Um, none of the guards can figure it out. Uh, when the party investigates, it finds that everyone who has died has killed themselves in the most gruesome ways. Uh, maybe like running into a spear or like fire poker, stabbing them, like awful ways. Um, and people just are dying left and right because of it. And the party has to figure out that maybe it's not a serial killer traditionally killing them. It is a Cambian, a demonic Cambian who is just here causing chaos and mayhem, who is going around at night, just going into people's dreams. I mean, it's incredibly dark quest, but, um, it makes sense though. I think if you're thinking about using Cambians, like you're probably going to be gearing more towards the darkish anyway. That is you don't true. You have to by any means. That is true. Like I said, all right, my idea was a kid and your idea was like someone overcoming their deepest, darkest stuff. So it's like, it doesn't yeah. have to be that way. But I mean, we are talking about something that is the product of demons and devils here. So That is a very interesting point. So I guess a Cambian is really going to be the first time, first creature I'm going to put this out on. This character really depends on what type of game you're running. You can throw bugbears into hard dark games or kind of light fun games because they're bugbears you just leave out all the serial killer gods of the bugbears yeah um or like blights you just have angry plants cambians i can't really see fitting in like a kids D game or like a lighter right. D because cambians are not light creatures they are evil they do evil things they have ways of making you hurt yourself which is a very dark concept um yeah I don't think this is a creature to be taken lightly in regards no. to the stat block, the lore, or how you use it in your game. If yeah. you're going to try to plug it, you know, I, I think you make a good point. I think it is kind of determined by the type of world you're running, the type of mm -hmm. game you're running. I run a darker, grittier world, and I still am not certain if there's necessarily a place that I would feel like putting these guys right Right. Now. Right. Um, like, so um, it's really like up to you, but I do feel like they have that plug and play capability. You just got to kind of read the room. Exactly. And I like, I would feel comfortable running a campaign in my world just because in our zero session, I talked that we were running a darker game that we were dealing with stuff like this mm -hmm. um definitely don't run a cambian and have it i guess this is like a good mental health note a good note for any of your games if you do have people um who are not like i mean understandably not okay with talking about like suicide in a gaming setting or something like cambians in their stat block can make you do suicidal things it is a very dark very mature concept making sure you're party is cool with that make sure the players not the party not the player characters make sure you're actual people your friends you are playing with that is something you want to get into do not spring this on someone that is my warning i'm putting out there that is not the way to operate with a cambion i agree completely be responsible with this one um, yeah i mean uh, some touchy subjects and stuff you know just know your players read the room exactly it is a dark I, it's, creature it's good it is in good practice to have those precursor conversations so it's I, I, loved that I loved our zero session because of that. Yeah. It actually helped me develop my character a lot more knowing what was going to be going on. Exactly. So like, and um, are something you're interested in, I think it's something. And if you are kind of going off a tangent, if you are, do you want to run darker subjects and you do want to make sure there you are like, okay. Like everyone on the table is okay. There are definitely methods you can find online. Um, there is one way that if anyone's ever uncomfortable with a game, um, you can 
put a card down on the table and be like, hey, let's just skip this scene or something. Um, just, I, just like any relationship in any setting ever, have conversations. Don't spring this shit on people. Just talk to people. That's like True. any relationship advice. Anyone, any looking for relationship advice on literally anything, talk. Words. Use conversations. Communication and honesty. It's the only thing you really, it's how you make relationships and keep friendships and make even, even have a successful D&D group. You have to be open. It is not, you are not the wizard from Wizard of Oz hiding behind a cloak, keeping everything hidden. This is a game everyone is here to enjoy. Talk about it. Um, but go off that tangent. Um, anything else we want to say about the Cambion before we get out of here? I personally, I love this monster, even though I said that it was OP. Yeah. Um, I, I still kind of stand by that, but only in relation to the CR. And we've yep. established over the course of our 20-something episodes or whatever that CR is not always the best thing to go off. It's not. It's not what is the best thing to go off of is, like, what's fun and awesome to you. And mm-hmm. this thing is both fun and awesome. And, and what makes sense to the story. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, of course, do do what makes sense too. But this thing just—it cool. kind of hits cool. all the marks. It's strong. It's smart. It's just an awesome representation of like something really evil. Yeah, which it really is. I kind of like. Yeah, and it can kind of go anywhere, and that's what I look for. Is like when I when I bought Mordekainen's, like where mm-hmm. my head went was like, how many of these things can I just use in the material plane? Please. It is, yeah, I know. It is. It, I all I have out of all my monster manuals, uh, Mordekainen's definitely has the most sticky notes in for different creatures I want to run, just because there is something just nice about running the sinister, the pure evil, the because it's an easy villain. You know what to yeah. do with them, right? I, I just I like that they can go anywhere, and and they're they're pretty nice. I, I think they're uh, a good a good addition to my mindset of a roster of creatures for like future use absolutely also um i really i hope that it didn't feel too much like a history lesson from you zach but i did enjoy no. it i thought no, this it was, was really, really fun cool. their this history really fun. is particularly um cool i i liked it a lot and i'm yeah. very interested to delve in no i really enjoyed this i really panic. Demons and devils and stuff. We've been saying this, like, for the last, like, five episodes, but every episode is just getting more and more fun to record. We're hitting... Mm -hmm. It's just, we know what we're doing now. We can... We know what we're saying. We know... Also, I I just have been really into D&D lately. But that's because I've never not been into D&D the last three years, so, you know. Um, Five years? I don't know. Um, All right. Yeah, I think the only thing I want to add is exactly what you said. CR5. Really think about that before you put up against a low party. Just know that CR ratings are very iffy. These things can fuck your party up. Um, but they... I guess to add on that, one because I keep adding things on, if you, you do find yourself in a position where your lower party is fighting a Cambion, um, the dice is not with your party, and they get TPK'd, if you are running a devilish Cambion... It probably won't kill your party. We'll probably imprison it. I can it. agree with that. <laughs> that is something you always, I always think of too. Is um, like an example. Uh, we're gonna talk about my last two sessions that I've ran uh, for Shane's party. Um, he's had. You guys yeah, have run into. Yeah, you guys have run <laughs> into two two different combats. One randomly rolled. One I didn't think you guys were gonna fight there. 
that could have resulted in a TPK. The spiders, not as much. You guys pulled through, but there was a chance where almost a couple of you went down. Um, with the vampire one, it's easy when you're thinking of creatures like that to think of how can I not do a TPK? Because TPKs definitely they have their place, but I mean, honestly, TPKs suck. For the DM and the players. I'm not saying always make them magically don't happen, because then you'll feel like there's urgency taken away, but like it sucks for the DM, it sucks for the players. Unless it's the game you're running. So like with the vampires, which I think you can run as cambians, is if the vampires would have knocked you all out, they wouldn't have just killed you, they would have taken you back to your lair. Mm-hmm. And used you somehow from there without whatever they were doing. I'm not going to... Uh, that's still a plot point or quest line you guys can take. I'm not going to reveal what they would have done when you got there. But same with Cambians. Is they would probably would imprison you if it was devilish. I mean, you could even say demonic. Maybe the demon wants to I watch you wa- fight in an arena or something. I think a demon might imprison, but a devil might offer you a deal. Exactly. So... Because these things are so strong, if you do end up TPKing your party, you just know that Cambians are, you can write around them where it doesn't feel cheap, where it doesn't feel like you're pitying your party. It can also be a fun quest. Sometimes when you knock out the entire party, an accidental TPK, the escape from whatever they're in is actually really fun. Um, so that's, I guess, my one note is Cambians are harder than their CR lets them makes them seem. But if you do TPK your party, Cambians, being selfish assholes, probably have another use for your party, seeing they probably are capable fighters. Fighters. True. But that's the Cambian episode. God, I feel like I could keep talking about these creatures for, like, another <laughs> four hours. Lucky uh, you, in, like, 16 episodes, you're gonna have more demons and devils than you can shake a stick at. Yeah, we're gonna talk. That's gonna be, like, um, I'm gonna be so excited. We're gonna have to do a couple episodes on demons and devils. Wait, demons... Yeah, we're gonna have to do demons, devils, and dragons. That's gonna... Should we gonna be, be... Dead. Here's a thought. Hmm. Should we, before we do demons and devils, maybe just do a satanic panic episode? I think so. I think we we should do a history of... Maybe maybe it'll be like satanic panic slash history of demons and devils in D&D lore, so when we get into the demons and devils, we won't have to go through their actual lore. <laughs> like, actual yeah. history. So, so then we can talk about each demon and devil separately. I think that's a good idea. Yeah. I think that, that's probably what we'll do. Cool. Um, yeah, but that's ages away. Next week, you can see us here with... Carrion Crawlers! That's what I was going to say. We are Carrion Crawlers! <laughs> yeah, uh, next week we are talking about Carrion Crawlers, the ooky, spooky, creepy crawlies uh, that Finally, are actually really I big. I have fought a lot of and remember distinctly. Yeah, yeah. Wait, oh, who? Man. Did I run them? <laughs> yeah. A lot. I think it, like of... so, so much so that every time I go into a sewer, I ask about them. Oh yeah, like, I do run carrying crawlers. They were in Carnith. Oh like, no, those were. Throughout... I was gonna say those are those aren't uh, those aren't carrying crawlers. Those are um something in Mordekainen's. I can't remember. Well, they there. were somewhere. I think Tavis has run them. them. I think Tavis has run them. I think I I, 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 probably, I, probably, I probably have run them. Carrying crawlers are pretty. Easy to plug and play. I've probably definitely ran into them. Uh, but anyway, we're talking about carrion crawlers. Uh, the large, spooky, aberrant. They're not really aberrant, but they kind of look like aberrant tentacle worm creatures that live in the sewers that will eat you alive. Um, yeah. So, let's do our plugs and get out of here. Shane? <laughs> <laughs> wow, I 
feel like I have a whole stage to myself. Everybody, you can catch me live at twitch.tv slash bring the shame. This year, 2021, we're truly embracing the variety stream life. Um, come hang out. It's been a lot of fun. And also, I have this podcast. You should listen to every episode. Yeah, listen to it all. Um, all right, hell yeah. Um, Tevis and Andy will be back eventually. We promise you they have not been taken by Cambians. Uh, Tevis will be missing a couple episodes. Uh, that is because he is in Candlekeep. Um, and has to do stuff. Andy should be back. Anderson, I should say, should be next week. Be back next week. Um, you can catch all my stuff at just go to my Twitter at Farm Goat. You can find I have so many things going on right now. Um, I have two YouTube channels: Farm Goat Plays, Farm Goat Says. If you want to watch me play video games, go to Farm Goat Plays. If you want to watch me talk about movies and tabletop stuff, which is starting next week, I'm releasing my first tabletop video there, talking about Thousand Year Old Vampire. Uh, go check that out. Um, I also stream at Twitch.tv/FarmGoat. I feel like I have more stuff going on, too. I have too many things going on right now, but it's fine. It's, it's good. It's good. We're very busy people these days. We're good. We're, we're, push, we're pushing out the content. When it's... I wrote my schedule the other day, I was, like, beside myself. Yeah, I need to go edit video eventually. I'm like, putting out, like, <laughs> four episodes next week of, like, this podcast, A Farm Goat Says, A Farm Goat Play, Two Farm Goat Plays, and then possibly another Farm Goat Says on Blade Runner. Um, but anyway, he's a busy guy. I'm a busy. I'm a busy. <laughs> I'm a busy. It's what I do. I do the content. Um, but anyway, that is it. That is the episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned things about the Cambian. I know their history is a hot mess, but it's a good hot mess. It's a fun hot mess. Um, and yeah, we will be back. Oh, you can also catch all of our bullshit at a survival check it's on all places you can listen to podcasts except apple music which they emailed me like a week ago it was like we need blah 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 it's like oh my god uh, but you can anywhere that itunes you can find survival check go listen to our other episodes um i'm gonna recommend the bugbear one because i like that one the best <laughs> but all of them are great especially the bullywug one the bullywug is all they're all great um they're the early ones are still great they're not as i don't think funny as the recent ones because we figured it out but um they're still good I might make a TikTok on our survival check. So if you... I don't know. I'm losing it. Uh, For those who don't know, I've been sick for the last six days, and I finally feel good today. And, like, I'm actually talking to people, so it's a good day. Um, Anyway, I'm getting out of here before I say something really stupid. Um, As always, be excellent to each other. Stay safe. And we'll be back next week as we talk about carrying crawlers. Bye-bye. Bye now. I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. <laughs> Alright, hopefully that recorded. I mean, it did record. Hopefully. Are you sure you want to stop recording?